You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. Welcome to today's episode of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. Our audience demographic is 98% business owners and executives who listen to learn from the experiences of our guests. If your firm is interested in reaching these top decision makers, then advertising on the radio show may be the answer. Each month, our sponsors gain valuable exposure through their support of the program. Last month, we delivered over 30,000 highly targeted sponsor impressions. To learn more, contact our advertising department at 949-887-4104. All of our shows can be found from our website, criticalmass4forbusiness.com. All right, let's turn our attention to our second guest. Our second guest is Mark Murphy. Are you interested in becoming a more effective leader? Mark, I've asked Mark to join the program to share how his step-by-step leadership process can help business leaders and entrepreneurs become more successful. Mark, welcome to the program. Well, thanks so much for having me, Rick. It's great to be here. Let's begin by discussing your background. Tell our audience a little bit about your experiences and sort of what led up to this point in your career, Mark. So I I actually took the kind of opposite approach to studying leadership that most people take, and that is I actually began in the world of turnarounds. So I would be called in to help organizations, you know, the ones that say, we're going to lose $100 million this year and we're about to close the doors, save us. And I doing that for about a decade, uh, what started to become crystal clear was that the missing piece in all of this, you can go into an organization and scrub the balance sheet and take a look at the books and shutter divisions and do all of that. But at the end of the day, if there isn't the leadership in place, if people aren't bought into the vision, if they're not motivated, if they're not engaged, you know, everybody's going to hit a rough patch from time to time. But if the leadership piece isn't there, this whole thing isn't going to work. So throughout the course of my doing the turnaround work, I started to study leaders and really just try and figure out why do some leaders get themselves into this mess and other leaders steer clear. And after a while of doing that, a decade of that, I sold that firm and said, you know what, it's okay. Dealing with the tough stuff was, yeah, it was good, but it'd be a lot more fun to actually prevent people from getting into this trouble in the first place. And, you know, we can probably make even a bigger difference if I spend my time and energy there. So that's that's kind of how I came into the uh, into starting Leadership IQ. And tell me about the name Leadership IQ. How did you come up with that? The idea behind this really was improving the science of leadership, making people smarter. And this has really kind of been my personal guiding principle throughout the whole thing is whatever we do, we've got to make sure that no matter what, we're making people smarter. And, you know, the, as you spend enough time looking at leadership, and, and you know this, there's there's folks out there that, you know, they, they want every new fad, and, you know, it says some new idea comes up, and then it fades away because it doesn't really work, and then another idea comes up, and that fades away because it doesn't really work. And out of all of this, uh, my big goal was to say, listen, let's try and make people smarter. And let's not so much glom on to the feel-good, slick-selling kind of approach, but rather, let's make people smarter. And it's not always going to be the easier approach, but 
You know, listen, creating Google isn't easy. <laughs> if it were easy, everybody would be Google. Uh, but if we can make people smarter about how they lead people, how they motivate, how they engage them, then that will kind of have been our, our big contribution to it. So that's when we looked at the name, we said, all right, well, what is this really? It's about, you know, leadership brain power. It's about making people smarter, IQ, and thus we came up with, with leadership IQ. I understand that you offer leadership services such as webinars and online training and then leadership training programs. Can, can you give us a sense for the delivery model of how you're helping improve leadership IQ in the companies that you work with? Sure. So our approach, first and foremost, is to be content-driven. So what we do is we go out and we study organizations. So we do a lot of engagement surveys. We do a lot of leadership assessments and really trying to figure out, okay, what is it that actually makes people tick? What works as a leadership technique? What doesn't work? So, for example, um, we have done a lot of work on a lot of research on hiring people. And so we went out and we studied 20,000 new hires and 5,000 hiring managers, tried to figure out, okay, well, first and foremost, you know, how many of these new hires actually work out? Well, it's about 46% of them are going to fail. So, okay, that's pretty bad. But then we started to dig behind and say, well, okay, what makes people miss this in the interview? You know, why do these new hires actually fail? And so we started to pull this apart and realized that the number one characteristic wasn't that people were failing for lacking technical skills. Like most of the time, you don't hire a programmer who can't program. Most of the time, 89% of the time, in fact, it's the programmer may have the technical skills, but they're not coachable. They don't have any emotional intelligence. They're not motivated. They have the wrong temperament to fit your culture and so on. And so once we discovered that, it was really about hiring people for attitude. It's not that you don't want people that are skilled. Of course you do. It's just that those tend to be easier to find. It's finding people that have skills and attitude is the harder part. So once we made that discovery, we then said, all right, we've got to go now and share what we've learned and share with people how to hire for attitude. So what we did is we said, we have this content. Now we have to disseminate it. And so knowing that... You know, people want content in all different ways. We created, we wrote a book about it, Hiring for Attitude. Then we turned that into a, uh, a webinar. And then we said, okay, well, a one-hour webinar, that's, that's not enough for some people. So then we created a seven-hour online certificate course where people can go become certified in Hiring for Attitude. And then we had even these larger clients that said, well, okay, you know, that's all great, um, but we want you to actually come here and basically spoon-feed it to us a little more. <laughs> we want you to make you guys do the work. You come out here. You tell us what attitudes we need to hire for and, and teach us how to hire just for those attitudes. We don't need all the theory. We just need teach us how to hire for these five attitudes. And so we developed a consulting practice around teaching people how in each of their individual companies to hire for attitude. So we basically said, listen, we've, we've got the idea, we've got the content, the techniques, but now we have to disseminate it in a way that, listen, if you want to pay you know, $50,000 to have us come in and do it for you, soup to nuts, fine. But if you want to attend a webinar for $249 and do it that way, 
you know, they're small companies, they're big companies, they're people who want to do it themselves, people who want it done for them. And we basically said, we're going to try and match, give you as many different modalities, as many different ways to use this leadership content as we can possibly think of. So, you know, for us, it goes from, you know, the book, uh, which, you know, Barnes & Noble, I forget the latest price, probably $22 or something, right. uh, you know, all the way up to the big things. And that was our basic idea was just make this as broadly available as we could. We're going to take our final commercial break here on Critical Mass Radio Show. My guest in this segment is Mark Murphy. His firm is Leadership IQ, and we're talking about how to make leaders smarter as it relates to their organizations. When we come back, I'm going to ask you, Mark, if you can give me an example of your step-by-step guide to helping clients become better leaders. And if you could briefly prepare an example that you can share with our audience, I would appreciate it. Is that okay? That's great. All right, ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. We'll be back in less than three minutes with Mark Murphy of Leadership IQ after these words from our commercial sponsors. There's something uniquely positive about the word up. When things are good, things are looking up. When you want to go fast, you speed up. And when you're really cheering, you stand up. So when you want to move up, what do you do? Well, when it comes to getting your bachelor's degree or master's degree, there's one university that stacks up better than virtually everyone else. And that university is Brandman. Brandman University is ranked by U.S. News and World Report as one of the nation's top ten universities for online bachelor's programs. And it ranked best in the state of California. Brandman also received top honors from U.S. News and World Report for our online graduate programs in business and education. Plus, our programs are available on ground at more than 25 convenient campuses. So to wrap things up, we recommend you look us up at brandman.edu. That's brandman.edu. And find out how to move up like never before. Brandman University. Move up. Smart Business Network is a business-to-business multimedia company providing insight, advice, and strategy for C-level executives of fast growth, middle market, and large companies. As one of the nation's largest publishers of local management journals, under the Smart Business name, Smart Business Network publishes 19 regional print editions, presents dozens of large and small-scale business conferences and award programs, and produces a vibrant interactive digital media presence. For more information, visit us at www.sbnonline.com. At ExitCoachRadio.com, we're interviewing over 100 top advisors to get you one-minute tips, ideas, and precautions so you can be well-planned. We upload new content daily at 6 a.m. and 1 p.m. ExitCoachRadio.com. Come listen for a minute. Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. I'd like to thank and acknowledge our listeners who download our show as a podcast. You've downloaded over 10,000 shows during the last 30 days. We here at the program appreciate your continued and growing support. All of our shows can be heard live on Internet radio station octalkradio.net or rebroadcast anytime from iTunes, Stitcher.com, and other business-oriented podcasting services. Our guest today is Mark Murphy. He is his firm is Leadership IQ. And before the break, Mark, I was asking you if you could think about a brief example of how your step-by-step program guides your clients to become better leaders in their companies. Can you give us a recent example? 
Sure, and I'll give you a very, a very simple one, and it's sort of one of the keys of leadership is not necessarily having all the answers, but being able to ask good questions. So we were called in by a firm, about a thousand employees, and they were they called us in because they were having turnover problems. So people are quitting, blah blah blah, and we asked them a very simple question, which is, okay, well, why? I mean, I, I understand your turnover rate, you know, twenty three percent. Okay, that's high for your industry. But why? Well, you know, we, we did exit interviews, and everybody basically gave us the same answer. It was leaving for more money. We said, okay, well, do you think that's true? <laughs> well, no, we, we know the companies they're going to, and they're not really going for more money. Okay. Well, then we think we might have a bit of an issue here. Um, let me ask this. Do your managers ever sit down with employees? I, I know you're, you're doing this exit interview stuff. Have you ever sat down and done stay interviews? What's that? It's where you basically ask people, okay, well, you know, let's just sit down over a cup of coffee and uh, tell me, uh, you know, in the past month or so, um, can you tell me about a time that really got you excited and fired up? Oh, that seems easy. But then you got to ask the other question, which is, can you tell me about a time in the past 30 days or so when you felt kind of burned out and demotivated? Well, what if they say that the thing that demotivates them is us? Hmm. Well, <laughs> That's kind of what you got to know. And so the first thing we did was we call these shoves and tugs. Shoves are the things that shove you out the door. Tugs are the things that tug at you to stay. So okay. once we had these conversations, we said, listen, the, the first thing you've got to do is we've got to train every manager very simply on how to have a shove and tug conversation with their employees. Okay, simple. Not going to be a big deal. Takes a couple of hours. Great. They learn how to sit down, talk to their employees about what's motivating them, what's demotivating them. That's step one. Step two, then, is we have to have some data. It's sort of like a surgeon going in. Somebody says, I got pain in my stomach, Doc. I, I need an operation. Right? <laughs> we really can't operate until we figure out exactly what's causing the pain. I'm not just going to cut you open for the sake of cutting you open. So we had to go in and say every manager has to go learn how to do shoves and tuds. But now we've actually got to require that every manager go out and have shoves and tugs conversations with every one of their employees. It is literally a 10 to 15 minute conversation you have with each employee every single month and, you know, minimally every quarter, but best practice is every single month. And once we started to get that a couple months in, you start to see several common themes. So, for example, the organization, what came out of these shoves and tugs, was they heard a lot of people saying, well, you know what demotivates me is you keep implementing all these new strategic changes and you purchase all this technology and you tell us it's for the good of the company, but you never tell us really why we're doing it. We, yeah, it's good of the company, but that's just, you know, corporate gobbledygook. It's, you're not telling us why you're doing it and why you're spending this money on the technology. You're actually not spending it on raises. Hmm. And we can live with that, but you, we don't. You're not telling us what it is you're doing, where it is you're trying to go. And one of the amazing things ab about this was that, you know, within about six months, they had taken the turnover rate down from the low 20s down into the mid-teens. So it dropped about eight percentage points just in about six months. And in the year since then, it's dropped another uh, six or seven points. And the issue, and just from this, now there are other things that, you know, they can continue to do, of course. But this is just one amazingly simple thing. And the reason I wanted to share this example is that 
it, it's amazing how simple leadership can be. Sometimes we overcomplicate this. And one of the things that comes out of this over and over again is that employees are grown-up adults. They have insight. They're the ones who usually spend more time talking to the customers than the bosses do. They usually right. have a better feel for the front lines of the organization for what the marketplace wants right. than the higher-ups do. And all they really want, I mean, there's a lot of things they could want, but one of the most foundational things they want is to actually be listened to. And so much training on leadership has been about how to talk at employees. And, uh, you know, I'll tell you honestly that it's less about talking at the employee than it is about listening mm. to the employees. Absolutely. And if you truly believe, you know, my rule for leaders is if you truly believe your employees don't have any really good insight to give you, then you've got the wrong employees. <laughs> it's because they have amazing insight to give you. Is it painful to listen to it sometimes? Ugh, absolutely. When the employee says, yeah, you want to know what demotivates me? You demotivate right. me. Right. It's, it's terrifying, but it's also the cheapest, simplest, easiest thing in the world to fix. Interesting. I, uh, I, I say to CEOs out here on the West Coast that if you look around in a company meeting and you're the smartest person in the room, you've done something wrong as the boss because you shouldn't feel that way when you surround yourself with the talent in your company. So I hear what you're saying. That, you know, absolutely. You, your company does a lot of research, and I know that you conducted one of the largest leadership and goal-setting studies, and I saw that one of the um, findings was, and I'd like you to share it with our audience, why CEOs get fired. You know, the audience are CEOs and top executives of middle market firms, so I think they would be keenly interested, Mark Murphy, in some of your findings, specifically around why CEOs get fired. Yeah, you know, the interesting thing was we had been told for years, and, you know, me coming out of the turnaround world, it's everything you're always taught as well as the financial results. And what we discovered, what we did is we took about a 1,000 CEOs that had been fired, um, you know, and, and oftentimes it was like the secret emergency board meeting, and then over the weekend and then Monday morning the CEO announces his retirement, and which is basically code for he got fired. So we went and interviewed all these board members, and just like a, a journalist would. And we said, all right, listen, we just, just give us the skinny. We're not going to use your name, but why did you really fire the person? And the number one reason was mismanaging change. It wasn't the money. It was the change. It, what was interesting was it wasn't whether the change was a good idea. It was about whether or not people were bought in and understood why and where this thing was going. It's sort of their confidence in the change. So, you know, classic example would be when Carly Fiorina was fired from Hewlett-Packard and, you know, were mutually left and whatever. Uh, and when we were talking to folks, it wasn't that so much the idea of whether or not Buying Compaq, you know, back this is back a ways now, but HP bought Compaq and they were going to become the biggest PC maker in the world, and they bought Compaq. And the griping and the loss of confidence wasn't so much about whether or not buying Compaq was a good idea, but rather about will people support this? Like, yes, it's we bought this company, and okay. Business line-wise, can we sell PCs? Can we combine manufacturing? All of that. But, you know, strategically, that's not so much the concern. The concern is, can you get the people in this organization 
to actually believe in this, to stop fighting you? Can you convince them that this is a good idea? And we saw this over and over again that these board members would tell us, listen, it, it wasn't so much that the dollars and cents side of it didn't make sense. We believed it. But if you alienate everybody on the path to this, then people aren't going to follow you. And what happens, and this is the real killer, it's sort of one of the big killers for CEOs, is that people start to drag their feet. Uh, I learned 20 years ago about the 24-hour rule. I was terrified when I first heard it. And basically what it means is uh, I don't really trust that the bosses, this is a good decision, that this is a smart way to go. And so, you know, I'm not really going to do anything for the next 24 hours. I'm just going to kind of, you know, hang back and, and see how it all shakes out. Well, you know, the typical CEO type is a pretty A personality. Like when I say jump, you say how high. You know, when I give you an order, I want it done 20 minutes ago, not 20 minutes from now. And when people start dragging their feet, when they say, I, you know, this is probably a stupid idea. This might blow over. I, I don't know. We're really going to go in this change? Not. Who knows? And they start dragging their feet. Then what ends up happening is not only have you lost the buy-in, the emotional side of it, but now, actually, you start to lose the operational effectiveness because when everybody starts slowing down because they don't like you, they don't trust you, they don't know why you're making decisions, they think you're acting capriciously, then they drag their feet and then the operations break down. So you have neither the operational nor the emotional support for it. Interesting. So, uh, Mark, if someone would like to learn about Mark Murphy and your firm, Leadership IQ, online, how do they find you? Uh, they can visit us on the web at leadershipiq.com. Uh, they can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. And if somebody's really dying to have a conversation, of course, you can just always email me directly. It's just mark at leadershipiq.com, M-A-R-K. Well, I'm glad that we were able to make this uh, radio show happen. I know we had tried to have you on the show earlier, and you were caught in the bad weather that's been, unfortunately, all too prevalent there on the East Coast, even the Southeast in, in your case. And so I'm glad that the weather's broken, and we were able to get you on the Critical Mass radio show. Thanks for being a friend of the program, and welcome to the Critical Mass business community, Mark Murphy. Good. Thanks so much for having me. This was a blast. Have a good day. You too. All right. Thank Bye. you. I hope you've enjoyed our show today, and the interviews have provided you with new ideas and information that you can use to make better decisions, especially around communications. That's been the theme today, and hopefully you've gotten some nuggets that you can employ in your business. Uh, the show has been brought to you by our commercial sponsors, Brandman University, Commercial Bank of California, Decision Toolbox, Smart Business Magazine, Succession Strategies, and Center Club. I'd like to thank our engineer of today's show, Paul Roberts. Our producer was and is Crystal Nunley. Our guest coordinator is Kathleen Shepard. Our social media manager is Asia Celestino. And I'm your host, Rick Franzi. If you'd like to learn more about Critical Mass for Business, or you'd like to refer a future guest or possibly advertise on our radio show, visit our website, criticalmassforbusiness.com. Until the next show, I hope all your decisions move your company in a positive direction been listening to critical mass radio show business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to ceos who are leading middle market companies with your host richard franzi